This is Journey with Care. We're in our series, The Flavors of Care. In a world where ambition and accomplishment pave the path to success, one individual rises above the rest as an embodiment of the achievement. The Achiever, also known as the Enneagram Type 3. The Achiever stands as a towering example of unwavering dedication and relentless pursuit of excellence. Their drive is unparalleled as they navigate life's challenges with unyielding determination fueled by an insatiable hunger for success. Beneath their exterior of accomplishment lies a heart brimming with aspiration and genuine concern for the well-being of those around them. Their unique blend of ambition and empathy creates a captivating magnetism that draws others in, forming a supportive network inspired by their vision. Amidst their pursuit of external success, the achiever realizes the significance of inner growth and authentic vulnerability. Their willingness to embrace their own humanity allows them to forge meaningful connections offering a helping hand to those seeking guidance and understanding. In the company of the achiever, one feels empowered and motivated to harness their own potential, breaking through barriers and reaching new heights. Their ability to inspire and uplift serves as a catalyst for positive change, both personally and within the community. Today, we are privileged to have a guest joining our host, Wendy, on this enlightening journey, Stefan Kron, a true embodiment of the Achiever. Through his unique experiences and insights, we will unravel the Achiever's impact and the magic that they weave into the lives of us and our communities. So let's delve into the realm of the Enneagram Type 3, the Achiever. So let's get curious and let's get into the conversation. Well, today we are dishing into another flavor of ice cream, also known as the Achiever. And with me in studio in our Shasta, we have Stefan Kron. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's good to be here. I am so excited to have you here. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, my wife and my two girls and my dog, we all live in an acreage just about oh, 10 minutes south of Winnipeg. And I've been a teacher, a high school teacher for the last 10, 12 years. Got into learning about the Enneagram in the last, oh, I'd say five years, and it's made a big impact. So I'm, I'm pumped to be here to talk about it. Now, we've been going through a whole series through the Enneagram, and for our listeners, may re recall your wife in uh, the episode, the very yeah. first episode after the introduction, the Enneagram 8, the Challengers. Yes. I had Caitlin Cron with me, and you are married. So yeah. you are the very first couple we've had on our podcast. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, it was uh, it was interesting. I listened to her her episode before coming to record this one. So yeah, it was it was awesome to hear hear her take on things too. Yeah. And uh, before we, we started recording here, we were just talking about something that is very uh, three and eight challenger and achiever yeah. like in a couple. Can you tell us about the big project you are working on? Yeah. However much you want to share, but it's a very three and eight combo. Like you guys are uh, dynamite. Tell yeah, us. We're, we're both very like action oriented and want to get stuff done. And we live in a relatively small house, a thousand square feet. And then with the pandemic, we wanted to do a reno. So we're currently doing a reno where we moved our house off of its foundation, put a basement under it and put it back on. And we're like living full time out of our RV uh, in our backyard, <laughs> which we've been in there for over two months now. And we were just chatting. I don't know if 
if a different couple combo would actually go for something this kind of outrageous. But yeah, we've we've managed to make it this far. So hopefully, because why not live yeah. as a family of four in an RV all summer? We can that do it. Is ambitious. Yeah, it's it's been intense. Uh, <laughs> what you like? Yeah, yeah. We we don't mind that and. The efficiency of the camper, you know, we have this small little footprint that gets me excited too, so. Yeah, no, that's great. I love how you've been pulling it off. Well, we've been asking each of our guests to describe to us a flavor of ice cream that may represent themselves or something that they might just personally enjoy. What would the flavor be for you? Well, the short answer is the flavor would be the best flavor because achievers are the best at things. (laughs) So uh, that's a little tongue in cheek, but I've been thinking about this for a while. If I was a kid, I would say bubblegum because uh-huh. it has that extra feature. Yeah. And, you know, all kids want that one. It's a little plus. And then now as an adult, I would probably go with uh, something a little different, you know, something that people would want to talk about. And it would probably be <laughs> lemon gelato. Oh, so it okay. Technically isn't even technically an ice cream, but. Yeah, but people say, what is that? Yeah, it's, it's what is be that? Bright. It's sharp. It's, you know, people notice it. Well, I was imagining, I don't know if you've listened to the intro, but I was imagining that a an achiever, Enneagram 3, may find that extra special ice cream, like the, the ice cream that comes in a, a pineapple or something with yeah. the extra like cherry on top. And the, it's kind of like a conversation yeah. starter. Yeah, it's got uh, some flair it, to it, for sure. Yeah, a little flair. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's really good. I, I wouldn't mind eating ice cream at your place because uh, that lemon sounds really good. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk a little bit more about your flavor the personality type that we have affectionately called the achiever. And for those of us who have been following along, we know already that we're not like cornering you into a personality. There's many different expressions of this, and we are not diving in as experts of the Enneagram, but it does point out some of those core motivations of how we're wired and how we view the world and how we make decisions and go about life. So let's go into the achiever. How would you describe yourself? Yeah, the achiever, I'll I'll speak personally, but we just really like to get things done and we like to do them well and we like to win. Like Mm. I, as a kid, I was always competitive and I liked, you know, if it's video games or sports or whatever, I'd want to do do well. Now, obviously, as you grow, you kind of realize that life isn't about winning. It's more about the journey. And that that is a lot of work for an achiever to like actually understand that. Because wherever it is, you know, even if it's like as silly as parenting or being a spouse, like you want to win, which is like... Can I ask you why you want to win? Because like I think the the three's core motivation is being worthy. Am I worthy of love? Am I worthy of admiration? And From others. From others. And yeah, I guess ultimately from yourself. But that takes a while. Or at least Mm -hmm. it's taking a while for me to get there. So by it appearing that you're doing things really well, then you can kind of lean back on that and say, like, if someone questions you on it, well, you can say, well, look at all this stuff I did. Yeah, I know some uh, Enneagram 3s achievers that really like to have mastery over things. Yeah. Like, even challenging themselves to do the best yeah. and really hone in the things that are that they have a good reputation for, whether it's in work or hobby, whatever, but that they really thrive in that. I think in health, uh, a three definitely will want to do really well. And in unhealth, they will just want to appear to be doing well. Ah. Because sometimes it doesn't, at least for me, when I'm not doing my best, I don't care if it's actually good. I just want it to look good. 
So that image consciousness, yeah, like that much. insecurity coming out as a as an achiever, you just want to appear respectable or that you've done well. Yeah. Okay. Which is the work that, you know, achievers kind of need to work on. For sure. Yeah. So Stefan, I'd love to hear your journey growing up as an achiever, developing yourself, growing in maturity and finding that healthy side to who you are. What was that like growing up? Well, I'll kind of start at the end, kind of where I am now, and then I'll mm-hmm. rewind. Sure. So digging into the Enneagram has been super helpful for me in terms of understanding myself and understanding why I do things. And for the three, there's like subtypes that you may get into, but I'm I'm the subtype that doesn't super fit. It's the self-preservation three, mm. which it was hard to type myself for a while, but essentially I'm like the Mennonite three where like you want to be really good at things without seemingly like you're trying. So it's like the the line that described me so well that I didn't even know was like this, this three is vain about not appearing to be vain, which is like, I was like, wow, I didn't, I didn't even know that fit. But yeah, that's exactly, exactly it. So as a kid, I just wanted to be good at everything, but not really seem like I was trying. Yeah, which I was actually able to get by pretty well with that. Uh, And then now the work as an adult is it's like, okay, well, what do you actually want to do? And how are you going to use your, your time and your efforts to, to actually build something of substance and not just an appearance of something. So then what I hear you saying is that you can easily in unhealth have this false sense of humility and come across as very humble, but inside take pride in just like, I know I'm that good and I'm going to pretend that I'm just like, whatever. Well, yeah, it's like if our church had like a devotions challenge, I would crush it and be like, <laughs> oh, man, I am like the best youth member at devotions, you know, which is like Those sword drills. Kind of, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or like random Bible trivia. I just knew a lot of which doesn't translate into a good relationship with God necessarily, but. You know, you but felt hey, you, you felt it. really smart. Which... So then my other question would be, as you're growing in health and self-awareness, what has true humility looked like as an achiever? Uh, well, kind of our main vice or the thing that that is going to sneak in is it's like for achievers, it's deceit. And whether or not that means it's not necessarily that we're deceiving others, but it's that we're deceiving ourselves. Wow. So... Now that I know, I am that much more able to identify it in myself. And I can kind of sense when I'm performing rather than actually, you know, trying, I don't know, if I'm doing something for the accolades or if I'm doing something because I'm wanting to be a nice person, like I can, I can almost internally tell what my motives are. So it's being more self-aware. Yeah. So you can, hey, that that's creeping up. Yeah. And then. Yeah. And then trying to figure out what to do with it once you once you realize that, which is also kind of tough. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know. I'm definitely not at the end of my learning journey. So oh, well, I am. Yeah, no, just kidding. <laughs> I think we're I, all on the I learning keep, journey, right? I keep thinking it's going to come, but I yeah. The, I imagine as achiever, you want to yeah, arrive, yeah, like, right? Let's get to you the top of the, the mountain top. finally. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, it's called heaven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the things that uh, I really appreciate about the achievers, the the number threes in my life is that the the good qualities that you bring, you come into a room. I'm not saying you, but tell me if this is true. The threes in my life come into a room and people are automatically, charismatically drawn towards them 
They can speak up and people will listen. They do well in the spotlight in a good way. And you can really influence people for good. Is is that your experience? Yeah, no, it is. Like, I, I like the spotlight. Mm-hmm. I'm a teacher by by trade. People have to pay attention to me. That's kind of the, the role. And I, I don't mind that. I don't, like, I like the performance aspect of teaching. I like connecting with different kids. So, you know, it, whether it's video games or sports or basketball or, you know, anime, like. Well, I have an inside scoop here, a little uh, unfair advantage, because my son, who is a gamer, thinks pretty highly of you because you game and that's cool, even though you're a parent age. And his friends were your students who have now yeah. graduated and they still think highly of you. They were like, wow, how do you know Mr. Cron? Like that, I had some cool factor when they realized that we were friends. Yeah, that, that kind of makes me, makes me chuckle. But I think when used well, like the threes have sometimes been described as a chameleon that they can go in and kind of just match the energy and like... We can fit in with almost anyone because, like, we'll just find some common ground and make a connection and keep going. Like, it serves me well in teaching. Yeah, I can getting, see it. They, yeah. they really look up to you, even though they've graduated. You have made an impression on them in a yeah. positive way. Well, thank you. But now it's interesting because do I mind the spotlight? No. And, like, even in my staff meetings as a teacher, I, like, because I'm aware of it, I'm like, I think I talk every time and like, like just adding a comment just so that like, oh, you know, I have to mention something. So it's like, you kind of want to make sure that you're adding things to the conversation for the good of the group that you're with rather than just to be in the spotlight because the spotlight can also get somewhat addicting or like Mm -hmm. you can just want it for, for its sake rather than. You assume it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know as a, a challenger as an eight, sometimes people assign me a spotlight and I eights are different than mm-hmm. threes in the sense that we're not preoccupied what other people think of us or achieving. We just believe in certain things and we're driven and 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 so we have a lot in common. I, I would imagine you and Caitlin share that same drive together. Yeah. Um, but do you find as a three, as an achiever also, that people sometimes, whether you intend to or not, you walk into a room or you walk into a meeting. You're not leading it, but they assign you the spotlight. They assign you. They're almost expecting, hey, what are yeah. you going to say? Like if there's ever like a staff thing where like, okay, we're we're doing, you know, a group think and you're writing some stuff down and then, you know, one person from the group is going to share with the with the whole staff. That usually ends up being me. And I remember me and Caitlin met back in Bible college and it would always be her in her groups too, mm-hmm. to the point that she would just like, if she didn't want to do it, she would like have to leave. Because, yeah, we just bring that confidence and energy that, sure, if, we, if we're called upon, we'll do it. Or I find especially, you know, with my wife, if there's, if there's a void, like if no one's saying something and something needs to be said, they, they'll say that. And that's a beautiful thing. So how have you seen it serve you well in community and caring for others? You've, you've alluded to how you've impacted students or I've alluded to how it's mm-hmm. impacted students. But are there ways that other people might identify, say, how it could serve the community well in caring particularly? Yeah. Well, I would say we're really good at problem solving. And like, if there's a list of things to do, we can crush that list like really fast. <laughs> You're overachievers often, oh, right? Like, like big time. If you, if everybody has this standard of like do 10 things, I think I can get oh, 50. Like Is if, that true if I have you? a If I have a full day to myself, 
I will get so much done. It's like not healthy. And then like at <laughs> 11 o'clock, I'll be like, oh, maybe I should take a break. And it's like, like 11 p.m. Like I'll just go. Because yeah. it's like, one, I like checking things off the list. But uh, like in care, it's different because you're trying to achieve a good relationship, which is much more nuanced than like solving a problem. Yeah, I'm interested in hearing more about that because on one hand, uh, you can connect with almost anyone like that chameleon, right? And so it is very relational, but then that task drivenness. Yeah. How do you balance that connecting and being wanting to be liked and have the reputation yet wanting to get through? Can sometimes relationships be bypassed? Yeah, you have to watch that. For me, like when, I, when I'm in go mode, I just want to be efficient. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing less efficient than feelings because they slow things down. You got to talk them out and being aware of that. And especially like with kids in care, you know, I have students that are in foster care and I have, I have a lot of experience with kids. And when they have relational ruptures like that in their life, they just need relationship. They don't need to go quickly. They need to have time. So for me, it's a constant battle to slow down enough and take those times for those those emotions and those feelings. Mm-hmm. And when I'm not doing well, I just push forward. I like pretend I can't see it mm-hmm. and just keep going. But when I'm in a good space, I'll, I'll slow down. And Do you find that vulnerable people like your students are drawn to achievers to get things done or or to open up to you? What how what would your relationship be with vulnerable people if you were in your prime? Well, I had a year of that at school, I would say, right after I had done a lot of learning about kids in care and their needs. And I really intentionally took extra time for my students that way. Mm. And yeah, my connections with my kids were deeper than they than they had been in other years. Mm-hmm. And taking time, you know, at lunch hour rather than getting marking done or something, you know, efficiently, but like taking time for some of the kids, there was just a deeper connection. Mm-hmm. And that's hard because mm-hmm. when you get stressed, you just kind of go into go mode and that usually doesn't leave a ton of space for that. And you said you are in the process of, of growing. And yeah. as an achiever, I guess that is a, <laughs> is a, a noble goal, an oh, yeah. inherent goal. Um, But as you are pursuing health, where do you think, let's say five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, project yourself forward as you are on this journey of health, not necessarily perfection or arriving, but where do you see yourself five, 10 years from now in health serving the community? You know, certain people just kind of give off a... uh a sense of like, hey, you're welcome here. And like, hey, you want to talk? We can talk. To give that off, because I I know as a teacher, like you can give off an aura of like, hey, no one asked me a question right now. I'm dealing with something. Don't mess with me. You you don't have to say anything. You just just come like, and kids can pick that up. Mm -hmm. So just that, uh, you know, rather than trying to achieve for me, but just be confident in who I am and have that time and energy and space that people can come to me. And I will make time for them rather than just yeah. kind of brush it off. Because like threes are very intuitive, especially when it comes to feelings. We can read a room instantly mm-hmm. and 
usually play to win them over relatively quickly. But you can also read a room and be like, okay, well, if I go there, that's going to take, you know, this kid's struggling. So I can either ignore it and send them on their way mm. and, you know, pretend that at, you didn't notice that. Or, you know, if you dive into it, you you never know how long that's going to take or what. Yeah. And knowingly ignoring things like that is is not a good sign. Yeah. So. Well, and I, I can see it's such a strength and, I, and maybe it's so inherent to who you are, but I see it even in your students and, and the, the friends that we have playing video games in our home that, that look up to you. But you can actually have so much influence in a positive way as a role model in a way that other parents or people of other uh, different personality types won't inherently have. We can yeah. connect with people, but you can have this instant influence in a positive way that I think our community needs. Good role models, people that can draw people out of their shells, can can feel that yeah. in the room. And what I see achievers also being able to do in their health is draw the good out of other people. Yeah. And, and in health, not just hoard the limelight to say, but you can do it too. I know. And as a teacher, you know, that's that's what you're trying to do most of all. And since COVID, the job is way more relational. Like mm. people just need relationships again. And, you know, my grade nines are acting more like grade seveners and they need mm -hmm. to know how to interact with each other. They missed two years you know, or I guess they did it all online, which isn't always the most healthy either. So it's almost like they need a step back from almost like the academic intensity and just they need someone to role model just positive interactions with people. I'd love to dig in a little bit in a, another direction here in your growth with God, your spiritual life. How has being an achiever and a three been like in relating to God? What's that been like for you growing up? Looking back, it's actually kind of hard mm. because so much of the Bible talks about God pursuing the heart of the person. And so often a three, especially if you're not aware of it, the heart is almost immaterial. You're just like, no, this is what I can do though. So as a kid, even knowing what my heart wanted or like what my desires were, where it's, it's hard to pinpoint. I was good at doing what I was supposed to do. And even in my young adult, I thought, man, if only I was, existed in the Old Testament where it was like, follow this set of rules and you're close to God, I'd be like, set. You know, and that's obviously not a good understanding of the Old Testament because that was all designed to bring you into relationship. So like to get close with God, you really have to slow down and like allow your heart to come through and not just your deeds, mm. which is a challenge for me. Because it's not a natural state that I like gravitate toward. It's just kind of taking it slow and, you know, like you're going to hear the gentle whisper if you're listening for it. And to slow down enough to listen for God is sometimes, sometimes hard. I wonder the story of the prodigal son. Yeah. If we had to, I know we're not supposed to typecast people, but if we had to typecast the older brother... Yeah. He may have been a three, an achiever. He 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 played by the books. Well, and as a kid, I was always mad at that story. <laughs> Were you? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm like, why is this guy getting a party? Like, he did nothing. Like, this other guy 
towed the line, did what he was supposed to do. He was an overachiever. He he kept the whole thing I know, going. I know. But like his heart was in the wrong spot. Mm-hmm. Or like even like I identify with Martha too. Like okay. you need the dishes done. I can do that. You need me to sit at your feet and be connected? That's hard. Wow. Like yeah. that that's tough. Cause that's that's not an achievement. Right. Do you know what I mean? It's just it's not something you can like look back on, like, look what I did there. It's like slowing down enough to be vulnerable to not be achieving is hard. Which is which is funny because my self-care is actually not being productive. Which is really hard for me. I can imagine that takes discipline. Oh yeah. And would you say that that you would have to work towards being content with your enoughness before God? You know what I mean? Enoughness is oh, probably yeah. not a good word to say to a, a teacher, high school teacher, but but being enough for God, even as imperfect or just as we are, even not as the chameleon, what he expects of us or what we think he expects of us. Yeah. Like it it goes against my my inclinations of what I want to do, mm-hmm. which is like work. Like I'll be enough when I can achieve it. But that's not what he calls us to. And yet I love that you can work because when God puts people to the task, he often calls achievers to get her done. Yeah. Not to just talk about it, not just pray about it, not just feel about it. But come on, guys, here's a list. We're going to get this done. Yeah. So there is a balance, too. It's not just okay to like do nothing. No, I, I agree. So we lean into it, but it's all about being healthy and aware, right? Yeah, which for me, like even identifying as a three, there was like a year where you just feel bad about it. And then you start to come around to like, okay, there's some good things. And like the three memes are like, hey, the characters from Harry Potter and like (laughs) the villains are usually threes. I thought they were the eights. Yeah, threes are eights. (laughs) That's true. But like, so it's like, okay. Well, I do know you and your wife, Caitlin, and you're definitely not the the characters of uh, villains, for sure not. Well, we, <laughs> Maybe the superheroes with capes because you get her done. <laughs> That's good and bad, too, I guess. But yeah. So what would be a word of advice you would give other people that are saying, well, some of the things you're saying I, I identify with or I already know that I am achiever. We have different subtypes and things like that. Yeah. But what, what's some advice you would give to others that are on this path? Well, the advice would be is to surround yourself with people that you don't have to be achieving to be seen with, which can be hard because a lot of people will probably want you around just because of what you bring. But it's like, even if you brought nothing, who still wants to be with you? Wow. And if you can find someone that can call you out when you're just performing or like pretending, Mm -hmm. that's really helpful. If you want it to be like as a three getting called out and then, hey, like you're just doing this for this. Like that's hard. But if the person is doing it out of love, that's great. Like my wife is an eight and you can call it out. Oh, yeah. And she like (laughs) she can't stand inauthenticity. Like it's just it drives her bonkers. So she can tell if I'm doing something out of love or if I'm doing something out of duty or if I'm saying something that I don't mean. So like she just won't really put up with that which is hard because like all she wants is like she just wants my heart as well like just and she doesn't love you less by calling it out that's her form of intimacy to tell you hey you can be real with me yeah but then it's like none of my tricks work so it's (laughs) like just like utter authenticity all the time is really hard for a three 
So let's talk to the person that is loving on a three, an achiever, or has an achiever on their work team or in their church that they're working together with. What advice would you give them so that you can work well with people like yourself? Well, I would say when it's go time, like bring the energy and let's get it done, you know? So lean into people like yourself. Yeah. Sometimes like, hey, if you, I don't know if it's using it for, for good or bad, but we can just get stuff done. Like if, mm-hmm. like even if they're sometimes things are emotional, we can push through that. Although if you're wanting to like really speak to the heart of a three, I would say you don't want to focus on what they are doing. Like when you're encouraging them or when you are trying to connect with them, because that is all, it feels somewhat conditional. Like anyone can do this, like whatever, I just did some work. But if you see who they are on the inside, and praise that, like the person underneath all the work, that's pretty meaningful. Sometimes it's hard to accept or receive it, but I think that's deep down what what we want is like, are we enough just as we are and just people reminding us that we are to slow down. And I say all this while we're doing a massive renovation and I haven't like slowed down at all, but uh, that's <laughs> that's the work that needs to be done. You're getting her done and you will enjoy it over the winter mm-hmm. with your family. And uh, it wouldn't have happened had you not been this ambitious. Yeah. Although I am a teacher and I'm on summer break. So it's like we have a bunch of tradespeople working at our house and I'm trying to relax. But seeing all these people working, I'm like, I need to go like work. You probably but, keep everybody on task because well, normally bit. people would give like half a year. He's like, let's do it in summer holidays. Yeah, let's get this done. So yeah. I'm trying to like relax and read while all this work is happening on my property or sometimes I have to leave the house just to like so I'm not watching it but <laughs> well Stefan it has been a joy to have you here with us on the podcast thank you so much for coming on the, this episode yeah thank you for having me thank you for joining us on our series flavors of care we will continue to celebrate the uniqueness of individuals and their ways of fitting into the community sharing different perspectives and stories from different guests We hope you'll join us and maybe you'll come out the other side learning a little bit more about yourself and those around you. And hey, just like ice cream, podcasts are so much more fun when shared with others. So share this series with a friend or family member and remember to visit our website, journeywithcare.ca to stay informed of upcoming podcast meetups, all the links, information on our guests, and so much more. Again, thank you for listening and let's stay curious.